Welcome to the Jalal Azar podcast presenting Breaking Resistance. I'm Jalal John Azar. And I'm Francisco Herrera. And we're talking with entrepreneurs who have reached the peak through breaking barriers and obstacles in their personal and business journey to educate and inspire you to break your own resistance. Welcome, everybody, to another exciting episode of Breaking Resistance. Oh, man, it's, it's going to be a good one today, John. I know every single one is a good one, but this one's going to be a good one. So before we... This uh, one's going to be pretty good. This one's going to be uh, close and dear to my heart. One of my favorite people, Mr. Yeah, Wayne yes, Freeman. The, yeah, the, the man, the, the myth, the legend. The, the, rock, <laughs> the rock star with the, with the amazing hair. He's, uh, he's, he's, right. got the, he's got the hair game. He's got the hair game going all the time, 24-7. Yeah, that's why I, I think I think that's what actually helps even close on on the deals that he's working on. It's the hair, man. <laughs> you know what I always say: I hair's right, sales right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hair's right, sales right. That's good. I that's love good. it. I love it. That's oh, what it man. is, man. That's what oh, it is. Yeah, he's got, going, he's got like the Elvis swoop going on, which I love. Yeah. I love. Man, it's long, yeah, man. I, I said, you know what? Uh, this is gonna be my. This is going to be my 30s and 40s are going to be my my long hair age. So I'm going to keep it as long as I can. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I like it. Logan, in all seriousness, thanks for for coming on the show, brother. Oh, man. I really appreciate it. I've been looking forward to being here. And you guys are doing something special here with the show. And resistance is something I feel every single day. And you know what? Sometimes... I embrace that resistance and I look for it. And when it's not there, I'm like, oh, man, what am I doing wrong? Where is that resistance? I'm out there seeking for it, you know, looking for that. And so I love the name. I love what you guys are doing. And uh, I'm super stoked to jump in today, guys. Really am. It, 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 you, you brought it up is. an interesting, you bring up an interesting point about like sort of the expectation of, mm-hmm. you know, which would that sh- that comes from the life that has shaped us the way that we are today. And right. if our expectation is to continuously kind of push through our limits and, and push through this sort of that, that resistance point that we have in our life and different resistance points, because each stage of our life comes with different resistance point. And, 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 and right. if we come across to a point in life where we have some, um, I don't know, I don't want to say it like easy, but we almost like it almost takes us by surprise. Like, what the heck's going on? Like, it's this is not supposed to be that way. <laughs> That's right. I, I think the 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 more you get used to that sort of level, when you're always seeking that resistance, and you just have that quiet. I think nobody wants to be in the quiet. So you're just kind of like, nah. I, I need the noise. I need I need a little bit more excitement. So I think I think Logan is getting used to that. Yeah, you know, guys, Les Brown I think said it really well. He said, when you're pursuing greatness. You don't know what your limits are, so you don't act like you have any. And you know what? That, that is so true in my life. Nobody's really told me that, hey, you can't do that. You, if you, my dad from a very early on age, which my dad's not with us anymore, but my dad said, if you set your mind to something, you can achieve it. You can be, do, or have whatever you want, but you got to get, get ready. You have to sacrifice and you have to be willing to put it in. And you have no limits. And I, that's always been in my, in my blood, you know. I mean, my dad was a full Native American, grew up with 13 brothers and sisters in a one-bedroom house on a, on a tobacco farm in North Carolina. So, you, you wow. know what, man? Wow. I can tell you this. Like, 
from where he came from, from where I'm at, it's light years difference. And it's because what he instilled in me. Now, he didn't make the best choices in his life. And unfortunately, he's not here with us anymore. But he had a lasting impact. His legacy is going to live on. And it's going to live on with, with me and my children and, and our family. But, man, I remember, like, third grade, I still remember going down the stairs. Guys, I, if you remember the schools, they had those big, wide staircases with those big wood kind of stair railings going down. And all the third graders were afraid to, to jump up on the top one and go all the way down. I didn't even think about it. I just jumped up there, <laughs> swung all the way down, got in trouble. And somebody said, how are you not scared? I said, was I supposed to be? Nobody told me I was supposed to be scared. You know? And that's because (laughs) my dad, I mean, good or bad, has always said, you can do what you want to do, but you got to be willing to to dig deep and go after it. So that's always been a a mentality in my life, man. I love it. I love it. We're going to dig into that. That's good. We're we're definitely going to dig into that. That's amazing. So what, so, so, so tell us a little bit, let's start with that. Actually. I mean, your, your dad came from, sounds like, you know, a a heck of a background and and you grew up around that. What, what, you know, what was that like? You know, did you have siblings? Did you, you know, what was that like? Yeah. So my dad followed, you know, when you have 13 brothers and sisters, You know, you got some different generations in there, you know. So my dad followed his oldest brother, which was more like a father to him, I think, than than his dad actually was. And so his his oldest brother came to the Lake of the Ozarks area in Missouri. And my dad followed him. He was young. He didn't know what he was doing. He was kind of getting into some trouble back home. And my grandpa said, hey, you're going with Jim to Missouri. <laughs> and so he got to Missouri and, you know, got a job. And, and that's, you know, that's where he met my mom in the hospital. And uh, he went to school and got his, his tech, you know, his computer engineering degree in, in tech. And, uh, you know, he worked for the state for the rest of his life. But, you know, what my mom showed me early on was my mom worked two jobs because my dad didn't know how to, to manage finances. And he was not making the right choices with the money. And so my mom was working two jobs, you know, night shift at the hospital as an RN and then sleeping for six hours and getting up and working day shift at a nursing home just to put us kids through private Catholic schools. And so from an early age, my mom really taught me the value of a dollar. And when I was 14 years old, I was a you know, big, strong kid, so I looked like I was 16, 17. I got out in the hay fields, man, and I started grabbing hay on the on the on the ground and throwing it on the back of a truck during the summers. And then I got a job at a catering business doing dishes and and sweeping the floors, you know, and, and I just started to to work and, and kind of create some some calluses on my mind, you know, like, hey, this isn't fun, but I'm getting rewarded for it. Uh, later in life, now I'm working differently and being rewarded in a different way, but I still value the dollars that we make. I grew up with two sisters. I have an older sister, three years older than me, and a younger sister, three years younger than me. So we're all three years apart. I'm the middle son, and they're both here in Kansas City with me as well. Got two two kiddos like we were talking about. Got a two-and-a-half-year-old and a, and a one-year-old boy. They're they're my lights of my life, and then the the wind beneath my wings is my wife. If anybody's listening to me at all, I can't talk anything about anything without mentioning Taylor and, and what she has uh, created for our family and and the standards that she holds me to. It's just it's a whole different level. So that's kind of my background, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's great. Amazing. That's great. I love that's it. Amazing. I love I love I love how you have the best of both worlds with your parents. Is 
you have the fearless and limitless with your father and then you have the hard work and grit with your mother. So I can see why you said that it just runs in your blood already just because yep. you've been instilled by both the best of both worlds with yeah. your parents. That's amazing. Well, I, I, I and, and before we kind of dive in mom... a little. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, no. I'm no, just, just going to say, say that before that your mom taught you the value not only of, of work, but it also taught you the value of education early on as mm -hmm. well, because that seems like that sounds like something that she also was very important to her and instilled in you in an early stage, like meaning the value of information for your mind and growing your mind, as yeah. you can, as you said, having calluses you know, on your mind, you know, which is, which is, yes. which is amazing. I want to, I love to take that. That's, I love that takeaway. I love that visual calluses on yeah. our mind. You know, that's what makes us stronger and better and, and more resilient in life. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And, and, and before, before we kind of start digging into uh, your way into where you are today, I want sure. the audience to kind of, cause I know, I know you have a really strong presence, especially on, 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 well, on social media platforms, but especially on LinkedIn, if anybody knows LinkedIn, they know they probably have run across to some of your podcast shows because I know you have your own podcast yeah. going on. So, just to talk a little bit about um, your where, where you are, where you are today, just a kind of a thirty thousand foot view, so the audience can kind of get to know who Logan Freeman is. Absolutely, man. You know, my whole life changed uh, seven or eight years ago now when I was cut from the NFL. You know, I identified as an athlete my whole life, and I found refuge. I found I found comfort in athletics growing up because I had kind of a, a unique home life and it definitely wasn't stable. My mom tried to do the best that she could, but when you live and, and uh, are around a, a drug addict and an alcoholic your whole life, it's just not normal at home, okay? It's just not. If anybody has been through that, they understand that. And so at the end of the day, I would be at friends' houses. I would be finding things that I could pour myself into uh, that could get me away from, you know, uh, maybe the ups and downs of my home life a little bit. Don't get me wrong, guys. I had great parents. They loved me dearly. We never wanted for anything, but it was less than normal, I will say, uh, at home, which is fine. But, uh, you know, I, I, so I really pushed on that athletics uh, piece. And, and uh, believe it or not, I was a football player in college, so I got a scholarship. But believe it or not, my freshman year in high school, I didn't even play football. I, was, I thought I was going to make it big in basketball. You see, uh, you guys can't see it, but right here behind me is Kobe. And I got a special print after he passed away. I was oh, in Los man. Angeles the day that he passed, uh, up on the mountains, actually, three miles away from where his helicopter went down, which is crazy. But I've been following Kobe wow. my whole life. Anybody knows Kobe and the, the, the Mamba mentality? Yeah, sure, he was gifted athletically, but he took it to another level. And uh, it's fun reading about him with Tim Grover, his trainer that trained Michael Jordan as well. The new book, Winning, is phenomenal. Relentless is phenomenal. So I adopt a lot of that stuff. But, you know, I got a college scholarship for football, went there, started to really blossom as a man. You know, I mean, I really said, okay, I, I'm going to step my game up. I'm going to take school seriously. And uh, I'm going to pour myself into weightlifting and, and film watching and doing it all. And so I did. I had a great career, man. I was, uh, you know, I was true freshman playing on a on a football field with 22-year-olds as an 18-year-old that broke an ankle. I got a medical red shirt that let me come back to, to play my fifth year, and that helped me develop even more, uh, you know, and I, I continued to be better as a, as a leader on the field, captain, three seasons, you know. Uh, I don't think that happens uh, very often either. And the scouts started showing up. I got picked it up as an undrafted free agent uh, right after uh, the draft ended. And this is back in 2000 and uh 2013 
Okay, so 2013 is when I was picked up. I went out to camp, out to Los Angeles, or I guess it would be. Who would you get drafted? Who would you get drafted by? The Raiders. So okay. being a okay. being a Kansas City Chiefs fan, you know, going out to Raiders camp was somewhat difficult. But when they call, you don't say no. So I went out there, and you know, my <laughs> claim to fame is that I beat out a couple of the guys that they uh, that they drafted, which was pretty cool. Uh, believe it or not, two or three guys after the first day, not even getting on the field, went home. Tony Sperano scared them, and they left. I said, where are you guys going? Like, they, they got out of the first meeting, and it was a film meeting. And uh, they said, where, where are you going? They said, dude, this isn't for us. We're going home. I mean, these were guys that were invited to a rookie minicamp, just said, bye-bye. Wow. Like, not for wow. me. That's the level of mentality and and uh, mental distress that they like to put you through. But, you know, obviously it was for a reason, right? I mean, and so I, I stuck it out mm -hmm. there for about a month or so. I got cut. Uh, at that time, I just decided to to wrap it up, man. I, I've got two big old, you know, scars on my shoulders. I've got torn MCL, broken ankle, every one of these fingers. Look at that finger. All of these fingers are all jacked up, you know. And I said, hey, I'm going to go use my brain instead of my brawn uh, to try to make some money. So I went back to school. And I finished my master's degree. And when I finished my master's degree, I worked full time as well because I didn't have a scholarship anymore. And so I was making 265 cold calls a day. I would be driving an hour there and an hour back. And I turned my, my car to the classroom on wheels. And I would make those cold calls. I would get told no 264 times a day. I'd get back in my car, yes. go to school, go to school for four hours that night. And I'd spend 12 hours at the library uh, on Saturdays. And I did that for seven months. I also lost 100 pounds during that period of time. I woke up at 3.30 a.m. every single day, putting good things into my brain and working out my body. And I changed, man. I changed not only physically, but I went through a massive identity change. And so uh, it was incredible six months or seven months for me. And then at the end of that time, man, is when my, my dad uh, started having some real issues with his health. And, and in less than three weeks after I, I graduated, my dad was was passed away from a complications with a stroke and, you know, all of these different things from some li from, from liver cirrhosis. So, uh, you know, again, cut from the NFL, back to school, lost my father all in about seven months. So it was a very transformational time for me. That's and tough. I had a decision. Yeah, I had a decision to make. And the decision I made was to, to hunker down and, and not go down that same path. And thank God I did. And I've had great mentors in my life. I've read over 750 books now that have helped me kind of get to where my, my, my headspace needs to go. And that's when I moved to Kansas City. So I'm going to pause there because there's probably a lot to unpack there. But just wanted to kind of bring people up <laughs> to speed there. It's a it's a it's a lot to unpack for you, brother. It's I'm I'm just I'm just we're just taking it in. We're just taking it in. Yeah. That's amazing. That is yeah. absolutely amazing. And, and it's I I, I it's it's I, Logan. You and I have not talked about obviously any any of this in the past. You know, a couple of years that we've known each other. But but your yep. your your background is so correlated to my background. It's freaking scary. Uh, I mean, you know, I lost my dad after like six months after graduating college. I, you yep. know, I, my first job, I, I was cranking out 250 calls, you know, a, a, a day. Uh, it's, it's, smiling it's daunting. And dialing, daunting. <laughs> I'm smiling and dialing. That's it, Brady. That's it. Smiling and dialing. Oh my God. You know, that's, that's amazing. That's, that's kind of, it's kind of crazy. And not, and I don't want to go ahead and jump in on this as well as uh, just like, a, um, as far as the the story that you just brought up, because yeah. 
I think we all kind of resonate with it. I think we all share that common ground. Um, I also, I, my, I lost my, my father just right before high school. Man. And then when I got my, my actual first job, I was smiling, dialing, but as a collector. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, man, when you have to just jump on the call, cranking out, I, I think we, we had like about three to 400 calls that we had to crank out daily. Ooh. We probably only spoke to about eight people at max. Yep. And those and and you'd probably close like on two two of those like eight that you probably get a hold of. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I mean, you're not selling anything. You're trying to convince people to actually pay you. So it was just insane. So I think it just it, it, it's insane how just all the story like your story is just sharing so much common ground with all of us here. But Absolutely. it's it, it definitely builds up your character. It really does. It shifts it and man. it just it just. Yeah, it shifts it, and, and it's it's amazing. It's amazing. Hey, I forgot to wear what, my hat, what? guys. I didn't want to. I didn't want to not show my hair, but I promise you, I had my hat on this morning because I knew we were having the podcast. And I said, <laughs> you think we want you to? to you think we? And I, the whiskey you think we want you to cover up your hair, man? We can't the, have your hair. Should, the whiskey's been gone for years now. But I tell you what, I had my hat on again this morning, so I just want to make sure you guys knew uh, I was repping. <laughs> well, we appreciate you. We'll send you Absolutely. another one. All right. Um, oh man. Good. So so. Uh, Let's let's kind of you, you take it take it a kind of a I want to go back on something you you mentioned you said earlier sure. in the, as we started the show and then later on it, it appears this whole sort of the the resistance breaking the resistance in your life it sounds like you yeah. you broke through so many different barriers as you kind of got into your groove um, what what did you what did you take away from as you became when did you recognize in your life that you were breaking those barriers and you were like, and when did you get to a point where you're like, huh? Yeah. I kind of went through some shit, you know, and, and I'm still here and let's go forward and keep going. When did you get to that realization? Yeah. Well, it's like the iceberg effect, right? You know, you see the iceberg, you only see the, the 20 feet above water, but how deep is that iceberg? I realize now going back, it was kind of a stair step. It started when I was 14. And whenever I'd pick those hay bales up and my arms were all red and bleeding because of the hay poking you in the arms. I remember the first day being like, I don't know if I can go back and do this. This hurts. You know, I remember crying. I remember being a little, a little, uh, I'm not going to say it. I remember crying. I'll just leave it, leave it at that. I remember crying and, and being like, I can't go back there and do that tomorrow. And guess what? I went back there and it happened again. Next week, though, guess what? Stuff started showing up on my arms. It didn't hurt as much. It didn't hurt as much, right? And so it started that way. And then I continued to kind of do that. I always pushed myself in college. Instead of running with the offensive linemen, I would run with the middle linebackers. I was 300 pounds running with 225-pound guys getting their times, not the O-line. I'm running with the linebackers. And I did that. I still remember this day. People are like, who is is he a linebacker? No, no, no. That's our left. That's our left tackle running with the linebackers. (laughs) Nobody was doing that. Left tackle running with linebackers. That's amazing. I'm a gazelle though. I got these long legs. I was just, I was made for running man. I'm, I'm very, it was just weird. But anyways, I would always push myself to do that. And then here's where the tipping point was. It was that time when I went back to school and I moved back from being an undrafted free agent that had knocked people out that got drafted to living in a, a two bedroom roach infested apartment in Warrensburg, Missouri for $425 a month. Cause that's all I could afford. And so humility 
is what brought me right back down. My, you know, I don't know if we can cuss, but I'll say my stuff didn't stink whenever I went out to the Raiders camp. Guess what? It started stinking right that next week when I moved in with those bugs. And I had to, I had to, you know, sleep with bugs because I couldn't get them all out of the apartment complex. And then I'm driving an hour both ways to make 265 calls to people that don't want to talk to me and then go back and go to school for four hours, pushing myself with economics and statistics. And this is not a bit very big brain. So I had to then go study four hours just to understand what, uh, you know, what regression models were, right? So at the end of the day, man, it happened during that six months. It was like, hey, it happened physically first. I was always a fat guy. I was always 300 pounds, you know, 270 to 300 pound guy. Not fat, you know what I mean though, big guy. You know, the girls never wanted to, to look at Logan, you know, growing up. And so I, I was ready to break that mold. I'm not a lineman anymore. I'm gonna show everybody that I can get a six pack and I can be 219 pounds. And guess <laughs> what happened? I was, I had a six pack and I was 219 pounds. But what happened was wow. the physical transformation started to, to really change my mind. And so during that period of time, I looked at myself and I said, holy cow, if I can do that physically, what's happening inside my brain that's actually changing? And here was the kicker. When I went home from those six months and saw my two sisters and my mom, they go, who, who are you? Like they looked at me like they had never seen me before. And I remember going in one of my master's classes from a buddy that I went to school with for four years. I showed up. He hadn't seen me in six months. I walked past him and he didn't say hi. I went to school with him for four years and he didn't recognize me. That was the wow. light bulb moment that said, holy cow. If you want to change who you are, you can, but it takes a lot of work. And so all of that resistance gave me the confidence to say, hey, look, I've been at ground zero, man. I can go back there. I'm not going to. But even if I do, I know how to react to it. And it's through taking action and it's through making change and, and actually doing things that help to better yourself. So, I mean, I think it was during that period of time, man, that really really shaped me. And then obviously losing my father at 24 years old and having to speak at his eulogy and all of that stuff was a, was a monumental, you know, time in my life as well. But all of that kind of came all you know, at the same time. And so it's hard to, it was hard to unpack all of that in the moment. Looking back seven or eight years now, I can look back and say, hey man, there was actually different cycles in there, but it all felt the same at that time. And it was just different levels of resistance that I was, I was kind of pushing up against. Yeah, and you brought up that good point as far as like that whole Mamba mentality with Kobe, because I mean, you really you it, it I think it, uh, the, it the the main diff the main change in in somebody always really comes uh, when they're trying to change something physically. Yep. But they never really see it that when you're really putting in the work to change physically, it really also builds your discipline mentally. Yes. And so I think that's where the Mamba mentality really came about. It's just when you're just a hard worker and you're trying to take it to the next level your mind then has to go to the think towards like the next level. So your mind will think first before your body can actually react. And so a lot of people really underestimate how much you can really change in three months. So like in three months, what can you do in three months? You can do a lot in three months. Mm -hmm. So just seeing that you, what you did for nearly almost a year yep. going hard. I mean, of course you're going to have just like this dramatic transformation. I mean, like you're just going to seven months is a long time. Yeah, man, it was a, it, it rocket shipped me, you know? Like, yeah. What, when other time in your life can you take six months and just focus on yourself? Well, 
Probably yeah. when you're in college, you know, or doing master's program after that, not going to be very easy to do that. And so I knew I had a limited time and I knew I, the choices I made in that period of time were going to impact me, you know, uh, for the rest of my life. And now, you know, look at what we've done in, in seven or eight years. But it all started back with that choice to say, time yeah. to go into the cave. Nothing else matters. Narrow vision. Get yourself right because you cannot give what you do not have. And I had to go get what I needed so I could then get that poured back out. But it was a selfish period of time, very selfish period of time. And I'm not, you know what? I'm not looking back at You're that. You're not in the thing. wrong. Yeah. I, I'm, I don't feel bad about that, you know? It mm-hmm. was, I needed no. that. Because if not, guess what? I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you guys right now, you know? I'd be somewhere I else. I don't I, I, I don't I don't know if that was I mean like you know Logan I, yes I agree with you it was definitely a selfish period but but I, you know you can't I don't think the concept of selfishness to me is that if somebody else is relying on you and so many other people are relying on you to show up and you take yep. yourself out of that equation and 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 don't give them anything that's selfishness to me, but but sure. but if you know that period of your life, I don't. At least, I, I'll, correct me if I'm wrong. It doesn't sound like a lot of people were relying on you necessarily no. to be in their life per se. So I don't. Right. I don't think that was selfishness. I think that was the, absolutely the right thing to do for yourself. You know, because yeah. that's not that's not selfishness. That's 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 actually going back into finding yourself and 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 finding that beast inside of you and really that's honing right. in and. And making yourself better so that you be, can become yeah. that person that you want to become and yep. self-actualize. That's a good yeah, point. Yeah, I think so many and, – and, and, and I say – and I – to be honest with you, if more people actually would take the time to actually do that, to just sacrifice and to focus, to change in like about a year, just focusing on themselves, mm-hmm. it'd be so much far, further ahead in life if they actually just took the time to do that. But yeah. again, this all just comes with the mentality and the discipline. Like, how disciplined are you for you to actually go through that and to actually really just head down and focus on yourself, focus on a craft that you're really good at, and then you're gonna see you're, you're gonna you're gonna see a big change. You're gonna Absolutely, be man. so much further ahead if you actually just did that. And if most people actually took the time to do that, man, it'd be a, it'd be a whole game changer in this world. Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So, so, you know, you, you, you chunked out your life. You are now yeah. set on a di- completely different trajectory. Uh, let's fast forward a little bit. How did you, you know, you obviously now in, in, in commercial real estate, how did you, yep. how did you get into that track of your life? All right. So moved to Kansas city. I had read the books, guys, you know, rich dad, poor dad, millionaire, real estate investor. I had a very rudimentary understanding of assets and liabilities, but I moved to Kansas City and said, I'm not going to an apartment complex. I'm going to go buy a house. I'm going to get some equity in it, and I'm going to build some equity. And so it's exactly what I did. I found a house. I did some work on it myself, and two years later, I sold it for a a major profit, right? But I was working as a franchise consultant with Jimmy John's. I was their youngest franchise consultant that they had ever hired in the business. So I basically had 24 or 25 stores between uh, Northwest Arkansas, uh, Des Moines, Iowa, and Kansas City. And so I would travel to all those different stores. I did that for a year. What I loved about it was it was competitive. And they ranked uh, all the business consultants or franchise consultants. And I was, you know, top five for six months. And so I just said, hey, guys, uh, what's the next step for me? 
And I remember the day my boss looked at me and he said, hey, man, you're the youngest guy in the company. You got to put in your time. And, you know, the next job is my job. I looked at his job. I didn't want that job. No way. No, thank you. And two weeks later, I was gone. That right then and there, I didn't even I didn't even stutter. I said, I'll take my two weeks. I remember the call outside in Westport, Kansas City, walking on my back deck. And I walked down my stairs and was like, I just quit my job and I got I got nothing to go do. So <laughs> quit that job. <laughs> and I wanted to go p- get paid for what I was worth. So I went and actually started with a, a startup company, man. They had three people, three people at the time. Helped scale that company for two and a half years. They're doing great now. Uh, they brought on some funding. Uh, but it was time for me to go to something where I thought was a little more safe. And so I left there, took a six figures uh, position with a larger company as a director of sales, was there for 15 months. I think I left a piece of my soul uh, at that place. I met my wife during that period of time, though. We got married, which was great. Uh, But I got fired 15 months in. Hey, Logan, come in at 6 a.m. I said, well, only one thing happens at 6 a.m. on a Tuesday. So I brought my cardboard box with me. I grabbed my, my, my meals that I had in the fridge and my sales books. And I said, see you guys later. I got home. I, I called my wife and I said, hey, baby, I, I got fired. She goes, I know you were going to get fired. She, she, so she goes, look at your, uh, your email. I was like, look at my email. All right. So I got on my email and she had already started what is, what is now my holding company, Live Free Investments. So she had already started the articles of organization and the certificate that I needed wow. to operate as a wow. business. I got your back. You go do you. That's a good woman right there. That's a good woman. Man. That is amazing. So, yeah. That was awesome, man. It was a weight off my shoulder. Sure, I just got fired. I didn't know what I was going to do. But I had a plan. I had a plan. And so I started a sales company. I actually started a sales consulting company. I grabbed Inc.'s you know, fastest growing companies. I called the first 2,000 and I landed three clients paying me more money than I'd ever thought that I could make an hour. And they said, well, what do you do? I said, well, I I do whatever you need me to do. So I was cold calling. I was flying to Orlando, Florida, going to conventions, pitching products. I was building CRM systems. And uh, during this period of time, I also took a head of acquisitions uh, job with a $50 million fund in Kansas City. So I was rolling 10 transactions a month, rolling, you know, 40 hours a week in the consulting business, working 80 hours. And six months in, my wife looked at me and she goes, holy cow, like, we unleashed a beast here. This is great. <laughs> but all you do is complain about this sales consulting that you're doing and talk about real estate. You need to focus. Three months later, consulting business was gone. I sat down with the sponsors of that fund after I finished them out on 265 uh, single family homes here. And we went through a big Corvest portfolio refinance, you know, returned 88% of the capital to the investors and it was still cash flowing. And I said, Tell me how you did that. And they said, we're not going to tell you, but it was a syndication. That's all they said. That's all I needed. So I went and bought every book that I could. And I read every single book on syndication, started reaching out to people. And uh, two and a half or now three years later, you know, we've got 1,100 doors here in Kansas City and and nine employees. So uh, that was kind of how we got started into that, uh, that progression, guys. Yeah. That's amazing. That's awesome. That is that's awesome. A, Talk about a, a, just an action taker, man. Story. Just a go-getter. <laughs> but not fun to go through. Fun story, but not fun to go through. So, that's uh, right. But it's, yeah, nothing, nothing that's worthwhile is, 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 is fun to go through, as always is. And I'm sorry, Francisco. Yep. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 no. You're good. So I, one thing I did want to point out is, so the real founder here is your wife. Of Live Free Investing. Absolutely. Investments. <laughs> Absolutely. She gets all the credit. 
Yeah, no, this, oh, this is awesome. That she better. Well, that's an, that was an amazing story for the fact that you got home and she already had planned for you to. She's like, "That's your, that's your next assignment right there. You better get to it. Yeah, get to work. Get to work. I love it. And that, we, we didn't skip it. a beat. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So 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 it seems it seems to me so it seems normally some some people just kind of um because because you did point something out saying like when you got fired that you you didn't want to no before you got fired i'm sorry um there there's one thing that i like to point out is that some people they feel that they're either they don't know but they end up being trapped in the corporate world yeah um where in a way i as we see is when you're on a salary or when you're actually working on your nine to five you're actually settling for a, a price that you're worth yeah you're basically being bought Sure. Like, what's your view on that? And and, and a lot of, of, of folks who are listening and they actually who are in that day to day job and settling for that. How? But they're looking for a way to just break out. Like, what's sure. your view on on that? Well, I think you got a couple different buckets, right? Because I've I've talked to a lot of people about this, you know, and and at the end of the day, you got to be willing to sacrifice comfort and contentment to get on the other side of it. And it's not going to be easy or free or any of that, you know? So you have to be kind of willing to to think about what you're willing to go through to actually get to the other side. And so there's plenty of people, actually 95% of people in this world that should be employed. I honestly think that and believe that, but there's a 5% that either are already doing it or they're stuck in a different job that they shouldn't be and they know they shouldn't be. And so those are the people I'm going to speak to, not the ones that are happy being implementers and uh, working underneath uh, an entrepreneur because there's a lot of people like that and they do a fantastic job and they're very fulfilled with that. So I don't ever want to discount if you love your job and you're in there. Absolutely. You know what? You don't want the risk that we take. It's crazy world that we live in, in this entrepreneurial vision. So um, I'm going to speak to the folks that are stuck saying, Hey, I see the other side and I'm trying to get there. I don't know how to, right? And so you have to think about this in a way that you have to look at roadblocks because sometimes you know, breakdowns can be breakthroughs in disguise, okay? And so what happened to me, I believe wholeheartedly that God said, you're so stubborn that you will not leave this job unless I make you leave it, you know? So for me, I didn't have a choice, right? I mean, I got fired. So it was like, all right, you know, I'm out in the world now. So I, I got pushed out. But, you know, and every single person that should be an entrepreneur or somebody that's a solopreneur, or, uh, you know, working in, in a business that wants to go do something, you know what, you will be pushed out at some time. So how about starting to plan for it, right? And so thankfully, I had had five years at that time or four years of reading, of foundational knowledge, of personal and professional development, of growth, of kind of a vision of what I would want a business to look like. And I had been building those skills on the side. So my, my, my two cents to the folks that are stuck in a different job is start working on a plan and reverse engineer it, but put dates on it. Because you're going to get pushed out at some time or you're going to just hate your life so much that something else is going to happen, right? You're going to medicate yourself in a way that, you know, you probably shouldn't be. So if you start a plan and say, hey, I got a deadline, I got a plan, I'm going to start working towards it, then that's what you should do. I'm not a big proponent of people just jumping ship with no plan and trying to figure it out, right? I mean, that's just not smart because usually... You know, entrepreneurs or people have something that's just just holding them back. And what I mean by that, it's it's right there in their vision where the, everything is blurry, 
right? If I put my hand right here, I can still kind of see you guys, but I can't see anything else. And once you identify what that is, what's blocking them, take that away, the perspective opens up. And so I ask people, go through the, the circles of life, your health, your wealth, your spiritual life, your, your relationships. Where's the biggest holdback, right? Once you move that out, everything gets easier. But a lot of people try to start doing everything on the other side, but they still got that, that blinding light right in their face that they can't see. And big time, of, most of the time, the biggest thing is they don't have a plan. And so what I was doing, um, even if it was unconsciously through all the books that I was reading and people I was talking to was I was building a plan, you know, I didn't have it down on paper, but I had a plan that was being built. And so uh, my, my two cents is start building the skills, you know, whatever your skills need to be and start building relationships, create a plan and then work towards it because our brains need deadlines to understand when they're going to do something. If it's just out there willy-nilly, nothing's ever going to get done. But if you say, hey, in six months, I want to have these five things done. Great. How am I going to get there? Well, instead of watching Game of Thrones for the fourth time, I'm going to read two books, right? I'm going to, I'm going to talk to these three people. And there's some great resources that really propelled me up, like the Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. You know, his journal was I mean, it's just so influential in my life on what I should be doing on a regular basis and tracking it, you know, to, to get to where I wanted to go. So I think that um, for me, it's, it's really starting to build those foundational skills, start working towards a plan and have some deadlines. And when you do those three things, man, I mean, that puts you on the right path. And it probably will happen sooner rather than later. I just helped a buddy uh, go through this, actually, and it, it worked out well. Now he's got a, a thriving media business, which is really cool to see. But this is the exact framework that he asked me about and, and went through in his own life. Wow. Wow, wow. That's, that's amazing. amazing. That's amazing. That is absolutely yeah, that's that, that's fantastic. I mean, it's it's that that whole concept of 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 actually um, pushing yourself to change and take the blinders off, and if, if something is 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 absolutely a hundred percent true, because there's always there's always something that's holding us back from from something, you know, and right. and, and and a lot of times we are too afraid to even admit it to ourselves. What is that yep. thing that's holding us back? Whether it's for emotional purposes, financial purposes. Uh, you know, allegiance purposes, you know, uh, you know, misplaced, misplaced royal, you know, loyalties sometimes. Misplaced loyalties is, is, is sometimes the biggest, biggest crutch or holdback that sometimes that, that holds us back. You know, you're, you're like, oh, I can't do this to this guy. I can't do this to this company. I, I can't use this to this person. I can't, use, you know, because I, I feel bad. Well, you know, it's, it's until, until you stop that mentality and, and say, I need to be true to myself and I need to, yeah. to make sure that I'm seeing the vision for what it is and take that away. You're never going to see the full, full road ahead. As you, as you mentioned, fantastic, fantastic feedback, man. Fantastic. No, it's give, great. It's an amazing, all amazing. listeners a secret. Okay. The, the, the hold back that I was putting my, if you're watching it, the blinder that's right here, I'll give you a secret because it's the same for every, almost every single person. But most of the excuses that I made for myself, not enough time, not enough money, not enough knowledge or not the right connections were just a way for me to avoid the real bottleneck. And guess what that was? Not enough courage. I did not yeah. believe yeah. in myself enough to say I can actually do that. There was always a small step that I could have taken 
if I had the guts to do it. And I'm stealing that from James Clear, one of my favorite writers, by the way. But I love that quote. I have it in my mind at all times because anytime I feel that resistance of saying, Logan, you put a big goal out to do $100 million this year. What, what the hell are you talking about, man? You've not even been close to that in the past. Well, guess what? That's that little fear monger just kind of just mm-hmm. chirping in my ear. And I say, hey, I'm just going to take a small step towards it. And guess what? We're sitting here at six months in, and we're at $67 million, you know? So that cannot hold people back. But that's the main thing that I see holding people back is not enough courage and not enough belief, man. It all starts in your heart. And oh, in yeah. Your yeah. It's a huge struggle. It really is. I mean, I to, to be quite honest, I think I actually struggled with that. I mean, you get to a point where you're just, okay, I kind of I kind of want to take a, a, a leap and I yep. kind of want to immerse myself in my craft and you start and you start getting all this information. You're reading these books, you're immersing yourself head on on everything you need to learn, just like how you did. Yep. And but then you kind of have that 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 roadblock. Well, when do I take the jump? When do I have when is there enough information for me to take the next big step? And I think mm-hmm. it's that big next is the, is the next step. Is stepping forward is where everyone really struggles because yes, That's you right. might have all this knowledge and you read all the books and you have enough information, but what are you gonna do next? What do you yeah. what, are are you gonna are you gonna take the next step or are you just gonna continue to immerse yourself in all this information and do nothing with it because it's just gonna be dead. You're yep. gonna know it, but it's not gonna get put to work if you really don't take that next step. Well, you always got it. You got to you got to figure in, and I'm sure that's an exercise you went through, Logan. Is to is to what is the cost of my inaction? That's right. Not just the cost of my action, but what is the cost of my inaction? If I don't do this, what is that costing me? And I think a lot of people don't go through that exercise. They yeah. only go through the exercise of what is costing them to, to, to do it, but not what it's costing them not to do it. That's right. You know, that's Economics 101, so, Mr. Azar. That is, you know, opportunity cost. But most people don't apply that to their same lives. You know, one of the biggest keys of success, in my opinion, of anything hard is believing that you can figure it out as you go along. Look, a lot of people won't start until they figure it out. But because things are that are worth uh, anything are usually hard, they can't be figured out in advance. Most people don't start. They just don't start. So they get stuck in what we've all heard you know, and paralysis by analysis. But at the end of the day, man, yeah. when I got started, I didn't know anything, but I, I just knew that I would learn along the way. And so then there's a trust factor, you know, you got to have that trust within yourself and you got to put yourself around people too, right? I mean, when you don't have it, but somebody else does and you can spend 100%. time with it, man, that's, that's what's going to pull you back up. So it's, it's crucial spending time with people that, that are going to pull you up and have, have been there and done it before, man. It's, it was a game changer for me. Too. 100%. It, it's, it's, it's modeling them. It, it yes. really is. It's modeling the people who you actually want to get to. I mean, it's like you surround yourself with those people and you model what they did yep. for them to get there because they've already done it. Yeah, 100%. no, 100%. 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, man. That is some, that is some gold nuggets right there. I think we're getting closer <laughs> to, the, uh, to, to where we get some, uh, some, some fast Q&A, as, awesome. as, as Francisco would like to call it, the hot seat. Yeah, the hot seat. Yeah, yeah. Before so we we're go it's on time, the hot seat, guys, yeah, I wanted to say one last thing, because I hear a lot of excuses Please. around 
hey, I don't know anybody that's doing it like that. I don't, I can't find them. I don't, they won't talk to me. Well, guess what? They wouldn't talk to me either. But after I read 600 stories about them, then everybody wanted to talk to me. You have no excuse from getting that knowledge. Right now, it's easier, faster, and cheaper to get knowledge now than it ever has been before. And so my first mentors, Dale Carnegie, Darren Hardy, Jim Rohn, Zig Ziglar, Tom Hopkins, Brian Tracy, those guys have it all out there for you. It is all out there for you. You think it's you know soft and feely? It is not. Those guys are imparting wisdom of the ages on people. And a lot of people made fun of me for listening to that stuff when I was driving all the time. But guess what? That's what set me up. Those were my mentors, still are my mentors. So there's no excuses after you read those books and digest those CDs and, and MP3s or whatever it was back in the day. Now it's podcasts. <laughs> you know, you, you, then people like John and Francisco are going to want to hang out with you because you took the last five years putting that knowledge in your brain. That's the last thing I wanted to say on that. That's awesome. Absolutely. No, you touched it. You nailed it on the head. Yeah, we're in the, the greatest era we can ever live. There's no need for excuses at this right. point. You're in the information era yep. where even YouTube will teach you how to put a, a, a plastic bag over your trash can if you don't know if you really don't know how to do that. It's the simplest things you can find out there. You just got to Google it or go on YouTube. You're literally in the greatest era and you have no excuses. That's right. It's the, the biggest thing. You just like, just like, like what you said it, Logan, you just got to start. You got to start. And that's the, yeah. and that's the biggest holdback for a lot of people. They just don't start. They plan, right. but they don't start. They think, but they don't start. They, 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 they ruminate, but they don't start. You know, they read yep. and prepare, but they don't start. They just start, you know, and yeah. it's, that's, that's the thing. It's just time in. And I've always said that. I mean, you may have heard me say that in other places. One of my earliest yep. mentors in, 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 in the business told me the, the, the biggest thing you can do is just be in the market, not just not just time it. It's not about timing it. It's just yep. about being in it. That's right. You know, all the time. So, and that's that's where you're going to know. That's when you're going to know right. what you're made of, and that's what you're going to know what everything else is around you is, is made out of. Mm-hmm. But uh, yep. uh, it's amazing. Hundred percent. Yo, look, I, I need I need a clapping uh, for for that one. That was a good one. I mean, Logan, Logan Logan's bringing the fire. <laughs> <laughs> Logan's bringing the fire, man. Logan's bringing the fire. So we're we're gonna get into uh, the hot seat. Uh, so I, I can go ahead and get started. I always like to start off with this question. So Logan, you've taught us a lot about your 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 mentality and and everything sure. you went through from football all the way to your sales calls. So we want to know a little bit more, uh, a little bit personal. But what what is a hidden talent that no one knows about you? Man, I am an incredible cook. Like I can, you give me, you give me a bunch of ingredients. I don't need a recipe. I will make. You'll throw happen. down. I was trained under a Le Cordon Bleu chef for five years. Ooh, and I ran, wow! I ran, I ran a kitchen for five years, and I have an undergrad in hotel and restaurant management. I thought I was going to be in that business. So that's my hidden talent, man. Give me some food, and I will make a dish that uh, will taste very good and is cooked very good. That's right. Damn, damn. We may we may have to do a cook off, brother. We may have to do a cook off or something like that. That's my jam. Let's go. (laughs) No, no. John, John can really. But besides cooking, John can throw down the good old fashioned. Ooh, Believe me, yeah. he knows how to throw down a well, good old We'll do it at the same time. How about that? That's, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you do the cooking. I'll do the I'll do the drinks. I'll, I'll, right. I'll do the mixology. So I'm in. I, I like mean. it. 
I like it. I like it. Uh, uh, oh, here's something that Francisco always knows is coming from me, and always, you know, whether he dreads it or not, is is you know, we all view the world in a special lens, or or, or view things in our own lens. You know, how sure. do you how do you view both? A, how do you view the world, yeah. and how do you view people? And that could be that may not be mutually exclusive of each other. The answer. Yeah. I used to be kind of uh, an irrational optimist, meaning I just was trying to pump myself up all of the time and, and really just try to bring the, the energy that was maybe, maybe not even genuine, you know, but I was trying to try to trick myself, right? So I've, I've transitioned from an irrational optimist to a, a rational optimist, right? So I, I generally look at people and try to see the best in them. It's one thing that in my faith is extremely important is to be non-judgmental especially trying to meet people where they are. And early on in my career, I tried to force my opinion, my beliefs on people in regards to getting their lives on, on track and all of this stuff. And I found out really quickly, that's not the really the best way to go about this, you know? And so I started to try to meet people where they were and then kind of tailor what I said or the questions I asked to them. Uh, one of my top talents is individualization from strength finders. And so I can really understand where somebody's at. I just didn't care beforehand and now I'm trying to be more curious with people uh, on a regular basis and make them feel empowered so that's kind of my my view on people the world in general man I think that we have a lost focus of what's really important um, I, I hate to say that but at the end of the day you know this this message even if I sent it to you know, 100 people, it'd fall on deaf ears on about 80 of those people. 20 would listen maybe, and then five would say, hey man, I really enjoyed that message. I'm trying to do this, this, and this in my life. We need to flip those economics, right? We need to get the 80 doing that, thinking about how they can help somebody, how they can make themselves uh, work and live as the best versions of themselves. That is the only way that we're gonna change this world is through ownership of who we are on a regular basis. And unfortunately, these little mini computers that are in our pocket are great tools, but they're also great distractions. So I think our world is extremely distracted from what really is important. And I hope, I really do hope that COVID-19, all of the racial inequities that we've got in this, this country over the last two years have come to fruition, that people will take note and try to come together instead of pushing us apart a little bit farther. So that's my general kind of, you know, worldview right now. I'm optimistic I on love it, it, but it's going to have to happen through what we're doing here today and more people saying, that's what I want. I don't want to try to, to distance myself from other people. Um, that's the only way that we change this world, man. 100%, I love it. hundred percent. Amen. Amen to that. Amen to yes. that. And Logan, um, I, I know you're, you're, you're very, um, I love your energy and I know you're always, I, I, I probably would categorize you more as instead of a social influencer, you're more of an impact influencer. Ooh, if I, like I may that. say that. So, so um, I know you're very active. I know you got your podcast and you're yeah. always trying to put as much value and content out there. Um, are, do you, would you say you're more of a content strategist or do you feel that you're more impulsive uh, content, uh, content creator in sure. that case? And, and yeah, so, like, what do you think about that? I think it's uh, a mixture of both. You know, early on, I, I wasn't, you know, strategic, right? I didn't know what to put out there. Mm -hmm. But after posting on LinkedIn for 19 months every single day straight, you know, you start to see what connects with people. You start to see what people want to interact with. So, uh, but it's funny because you might post the best article. You might post the best blog post about something that 
is really impactful in regards to, you know, the content that's in there and it might not get any likes or any hits or anything. And then you post a, a video of yourself walking your kid at six in the morning that smiles at you at the end of it and it gets 20,000 views, you know? So I just tried to layer on both of them. I want people to feel and know who I am as a person, but also understand that I'm thinking a little bit differently and at a different level than maybe a lot of other people are. And so I try to mix them both in only because I've seen some people gravitate towards one piece of the, uh, the content or the other. And now whenever I get on calls with people, they're like, hey man, I listen to like 12 of your podcasts and I've been watching you on LinkedIn. I feel like I know who you are already. Uh, we don't even have to talk about that stuff on the first calls, right? So then we're getting right down to business. And man, that's, that's what it's all about is when people get on a phone call with you or an interview with you and say, well, I've heard your story 20 times. I, I appreciate who you are. I think I know who you, who you are. Here's what I actually want to ask you. You know, that's where you get into some really cool conversations. So I think it's a little bit of both. But I would say I started with the impulsive and then tried to get a little more strategic with, you know, uh, the data and the different strategies that we're trying to implement and not sound like everybody else, right? I mean, it's really important to have your unique voice uh, be positioned the way that you want it to be. And if you're just grabbing other people's content and kind of moving or moving it around a little bit, unfortunately, that's not going to help you. You know, we try to focus on first principles thinking, meaning, hey, there might be a theory out there about how something, something's been done uh, for a long period of time, but I'm not going to just accept that. I'm going to take it back to the physics of it and try to rebuild it. And through that rebuilding process, I'm going to hear my own voice come through. And that's why I study micro and macroeconomics. That's why I'm studying, you know, mental models on a regular basis, because the way I think about something might be completely different than the way that Charlie Munger thinks about it and positions it. So uh, I think that that's how I've come up with my my content strategy. I think it's you know somewhat uh, been successful out there a little bit. I mean, uh, some of the stuff's better than others, but you know, I started impulsive and tried to get a little more strategic after I put the action in. Awesome. That's awesome. That is good stuff. Uh, uh, next to the last question for me, at least, uh, what what is uh, what has been your most successful habit that you can oh. share with people? Well. I'll say this because one uh, follows the other, but getting up early. And I, I, I will battle people for, not battle, but I will talk with and communicate with people who say I'm not a morning person. Do you think I want to get up at 4 a.m. every single day? No. But by the time you wake up, I got two and a half hours on you. You know, last year I spent 26 days before the world got up working on myself. This year I'll spend close to 30 days before the world gets up working on our business, working on myself so I can be the best father and husband and businessman. So that has to be my number one uh, success habit is waking up early, owning my day before it starts to own me. Because, you know, I might not be as busy as Azar and, and, and Francisco, but I'm a pretty busy guy. And by the nine o'clock, my day is not mine anymore. It is, it is the company's or it is my family's. But from four to seven, I own those hours. Those are my golden hours, guys. That's awesome. That's, That's good awesome. advice. That's great. That's great. Yeah, it's not, it's, not, it's not the length of the hours that you're putting in. It's the quality of the hours that you're putting in. And That's so, right. And especially if you're waking up at 4 a.m., man, you've, you're way ahead of the, of, of, of the pack. That's right. 100%. You know, you know who turned me on that was Jocko Willink, you know, the, the famous Navy, Navy SEAL. You know, he gets up at 434 yeah. every single day. Yeah. Every single day. For 35 years, he's been doing that. And now look at his success. 
the, you know, top downloaded podcast with Joe Rogan. I mean, come on, guys. And that guy's a Navy SEAL. There's a lot of Navy SEALs out there. There's only one Jocko Willing. That's true. That is very true. That's very true. Uh, so, so you're you're a huge reader. What is uh, what is uh, what what one? If you were to recommend one book, <clears throat> or maybe two books to someone, what would you recommend? For those who are thinking about getting into owning your own business or making that transition to stay on that thread, I'm going to put one out there that maybe not a lot of people have have heard in the past, but it's MJ DeMarco's book, The Millionaire's Fast Lane. Okay, that is an incredible book uh, to get you thinking about how to actually start and own a business and what your business should be about uh, and building it uh, to in accordance with the five commandments of a business, which are control, entry, need, time, and scale. Okay, so that's the number one book there. Uh, and I'm going to plug my, my, my own book um, that I read every single morning, which is the Bible, guys. I mean, I cannot talk much. I mean, it is, yes. it, is this, it is the foundation of every other book that I've ever read. And so I know it's hard to read in some places, but getting in there, understanding a text that is 2,000-some years old or whatever, it just it's incredible to, to get back in that and, and make that come alive. And I really try to learn from those stories and live that out on a regular basis. So those are my two recommendations. I love it, Logan. I love it. And I know, and I'm sorry I clapped in in the middle of you speaking and stuff, but it just excites That's me. That's okay. I, mean, I, I, I do the same thing, man. It's nothing nothing like really just diving into the Word of God and That's just right. really getting refreshed and just getting you pushing forward. Because, I mean, Absolutely. at the end of the day, as long as we have today and we're, we're blessed by that, then we're able to go and tackle on and own the day. But 100%. It's amazing. I love it. I love it. And Logan, I mean, that's all the questions I have, John. That's uh, all. That's um, all, man. I'm, I'm, yeah. just, I'm, just, I'm just collecting. My mind is still catching up to all the information. I just, <laughs> I just, I just heard. I think, you know, it's, it's like playing catch-up. It's like still loading. You know, that loading signal still on, on, on the brain. <laughs> oh, man. Logan dropped some serious knowledge bombs on everybody. And so, well, actually, I got one more question. Logan, okay. how can people find you? Yeah, this is How really do people simple. get a hold of you, Logan? Yeah, we've we've mentioned it on LinkedIn, so you can go search Logan Freeman. I, I have a feeling I might be the first one that pops up whenever you you search Logan Freeman. Hopefully now, but just search Logan <laughs> Freeman, Mister Kansas City, and it'll pop up. I'm I'm there. Uh, the second part, guys, is my website ftwinvestmentsllc.com, and we got a lot of good content over there for people to digest. You can kind of get a little bit of my uh, my brain and my polarizing thoughts on the blog posts over there. Nice, nice, awesome, awesome. awesome. Well, Logan, it's been it. it's been amazing, brother, to have you on. Thank you, thank you for coming on, and uh, it's it's always a pleasure and always a blast to talk to you. Well, thank you guys for having me. It's been a lot of fun, and I'll tell you what, you got some things out of me that we have not talked about before. So you guys definitely broke the resistance, did your homework, and we got in deep <laughs> this, this, this episode. So thank, you for thank you for that. That's the only way we'd thank love to you. do it. Thank you so much for thank having you. us, thank guys. You so thank much. you. Thank you for, for this. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, check out Logan's, check out Logan's information on there. And uh, we look forward to, to catching you on the next Breaking Resistance episode. Thanks for listening to the Jalal Azar podcast presenting Breaking Resistance. Make sure to keep the conversation going by following us on Instagram and LinkedIn and check out our latest projects by visiting www.peak15cap.com. I'm Jalal John Azar. And I'm Francisco Herrera. 
and this is Breaking Resistance.